Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. There is a dish that hails from Dublin that elicits strong opinions, from utter delight and fond childhood memories to total revulsion and aversion at the mere mention or sight of it. It differs in recipe from one side of the city to the other, sparking fierce debate over what is the real traditional recipe. Today we're going to tell you about the meal and how one pub is leading the charge to give it pride of place in the pantheon of regional dishes. The dish is coddle. And the pub is John Kavanagh's The Gravediggers. Welcome to Publin, a podcast about the culture, history and heritage of pubs at home and abroad. The ever sower of the seeds of light to the cold old souls that are in the dumnitry of Defmus after the night of the carrying of the word of Nuas and the night of making mares to cuddle up in a cuddle pot. Poo Nesset, Lord of Risings in the yonder world of Natamplin, Tope Triumphant speaketh. So wrote James Joyce in Finnegan's Wake, immortalizing Coddle in a work of fiction unintelligible to the regular non academic brain. The book has been referred to as a work of fiction which combines a body of fables with the work of analysis and deconstruction. And so, please allow me to deconstruct the dish of coddle for you. The classic and traditional base recipe is as follows, and don't worry, we'll be getting into variations on the recipe in great depth very soon. Potatoes, sausages, bacon and onions, chopped together in a pot with water and allowed to cook slowly over a number of hours and seasoned only with salt and pepper. That's it, so simple that anyone could cook it. And it sounds like a strange dish, doesn't it? Well, it may sound simple and plain, but in my opinion, the end result is incredibly delicious. And if there's a pot of coddle on the stove, it's impossible not to go back for more. Serve it with a well-buttered bread, maybe soda or a traditional batch loaf, 
and dunk it away to your heart's content. Depending on which story you listen to, the dish originated in Ringsend, in the Coombe, or perhaps in some other area of Dublin. The word coddle supposedly comes from the French coddle, meaning to boil, gently, parboil, or stew. If the name is derived from French, then maybe there is legitimacy to the coom origins of the dish, given that a large number of French Huguenots settled there and set up factories in the Liberties area of Dublin in the late 17th century, just around the time the dish is supposed to have originated. The dish was apparently traditionally cooked on a Thursday, making use of leftover meats in the house in advance of Friday, which in Catholic households would traditionally have been a day that meat was not consumed. The various elements were put on the stove in the morning, simmered away and then either eaten as was or reheated later in the evening. The dish has its roots in Dublin, where pork was a more accessible meat than beef or lamb, differentiating it from other forms of stew from elsewhere in the country. Coddle has usually been the type of dish that was cooked at home, and if your parents didn't cook it for you as a child, you're out of the loop and ignorant to its delights. The big talking point, however, and what causes the most controversy, is that the dish is not much to look at. One thing commonly pointed out is that the sausages floating around in broth resemble, and I'm quoting multiple people here, boiled mickeys. If you're not from Ireland and are unfamiliar with what a mickey might mean in this context, I urge you to use your imagination. Or ask an Irish person. This resemblance has led to the dish developing the ingenious nickname Widow's Memory. We asked a few friends for their take on Coddle through voice notes, so we're going to dot them throughout this episode. Here's the first, starting with a glowing review from a native Dubliner. A good Coddle is probably one of the heartiest, most delicious meals anyone can have. It's probably one of my favourite dinners. Not only warms the body, but it warms the soul. One great example of devotion to the dish from a few years ago was when a few people from a Dublin suburb got together for a cook-off style event to find whose bowl was the best in that area. The competition was given the masterful name of Crumlin's Next Top Coddle. The dish has even once been mentioned in a sitting of Ireland's Parliament, the Dáil, where one deputy in 1996 mentioned it in tandem with Leitrim Boxty as being fit for submission to the European Union as a local delicacy that deserved protection or at least recognition as a dish of culinary importance. So it's a home-cooked dish and one that's not much to look at, so for the most part it hasn't appeared on as many menus as the old traditional favourite, the better-looking Irish stew. This is of course until one pub in Glasnevin led a bit of a revival for the dish, popularising it once more among Dubliners and visitors from around the world. The Gravediggers, so named because of its proximity to Glasnevin Cemetery, exists away from the main roads and in a cul-de-sac of a housing estate and has been there since 1833. For generations, the pub has been in the Kavanagh family and the latest generation have introduced food as an offering in one half of the bar. Chef Kieran Kavanagh trained abroad and brought back what he knew to the family pub. What he didn't expect, that all of the meals he created for the pub menu was that a childhood favourite dish, the most local of local meals, would become the most ordered item on the menu. Yeah, I'm Kieran Kavanagh from the Gravediggers pub here in Glastonbury. I'm the head chef, been in the pub business 90 years now. My dad took over in 1973, but we've been, the family's been running since 1833. It's been the family 190 years next year. My mum is originally from Yorkshire, so she doesn't really have a recipe for college. She got off my grandmother, my Irish grandmother. Nobody lived above the, above the pub since 1953. So when we moved in 73, is the first time there was a family in the pub. Before that, it was my grandfather, John, who was a bachelor. 
and then he married my my grandmother who was widowed and that's how we got into the family business then back in 1953 so when did the coddle start is pretty much when i started cooking there before that there wouldn't be any coddle my mum did soups and sandwiches and sausage rolls back in the 1970s. I went trained as a chef in Galway. I did two years in Galway, then I went foreign for about 15 years. So when I came home in 2003, I started to uh, work in a bar and I started pulling pints, obviously, and talking. And the next door was the lounge, which was built in 1979 by my parents, and it wasn't working. And this is in the middle of Celtic Tiger. So I did a few shifts there and I didn't serve anybody anything, like not a pint, nothing. There was nobody coming in. The family didn't really know what to do with it. They were thinking of the refurb. And I said, well, if I draw up a, a refurb, would you be into it? And they said, okay. So we got the place out and I took some of the ideas from the bar and intentionally to make food. So I took the idea of the bar, like the colours, the partitions and the type of seating, did it in the lounge. We had a little space there, which would have been our old toilet before it was the house number two was built, our bathroom. That space, I kind of got gutted out and I was going to become a kitchen. So slowly, slowly, I started to talk to customers about what they like to eat. And, you know, I knew it was the great, John Cavanaugh's the great leader. I knew it was a very special pub, a bit different. We don't do everything like anybody else. We're very unique, no music, no TV, stockiness very few other products up till early 2000 in new coffee so you know it was really just points yeah so I, I just talked to some customers and built their food memories because I'm a chef and that's one of the things I really like is people's history of food and what they used to eat so one dish kept coming up the whole time coddle and say liver tripe and onions uh, liver and bacon and I said when was the last time you had say tripe and onions and they said oh 30 years ago a stuffed tart oh 20 years ago when the last time you coddle I had a Saturday you know what you put in the coddle and then none of them were the same so let's say I talked to 100 people about Coddle, 100 different recipes came. So I said, okay, if you were in John Cavanaugh's The Rave Diggers back in 1833, you wouldn't be getting tin cut, razor cut rashers. They didn't exist. So it would be chunks of ham. All Dublin was full of pigs, pigs, pig farms. Bacon is the biggest thing we eat in Dublin. Cork and Kerry, a lot of beef. We don't have it. Lamb up the mountains, if you're lucky, you get a bit. So it was basically bacon produce. So I said, well, in 1833, you can't go to the supermarket, you go to a butcher. The first thing that goes off is your sausages. That's why... People boil their sausages so they don't go off, so they can reheat them the next day. I think you need a really good sausage to make a really good cuddle. I think it's, we get our meat from Effersons and Cabra. They prepare it exactly what I want it, and they'll give me the sausages I want. And then when we started doing food, I started doing cuddle only on a Saturday night because my food memory of as a kid with cuddle was Saturday night, bath, cuddle. I said, that's what I did every Saturday night, and it wouldn't sell. And then I started saying, okay, started to put it on other days. And then a guy called Anthony Bourdain came, and Anthony Bourdain is chef unfortunately passed away now i fell in love with his work when i read his book when i was living in italy when i heard it was coming to to the pub it was coming on bloomsday so every bloomsday i do a different menu cockles and mussels and call it molly's bucket and uh, yeah, a pig's feet Pardon. he was supposed to just drink in a bar and then straight go straight into town that was the whole idea of the layover but they rang me up said can you feed him and i said yeah i'm right feed him i had this this menu ready it was going to blow him away i knew it was going to blow him away very nervous my wife will tell you that yeah, it just blew away. So when the show aired in the States, the next day, I five people from Nebraska and they said, is there pig's feet in the menu? I said, no, is there cattle on the menu? Not today. They walked straight out. You didn't even have a point. Like, you know, the whole idea of the show was with Guinness. So anyway, I said, so I do more often. So now it's, we sold 46 portions on Saturday at 150 covers. So that's over a third of your sales of cattle. I couldn't give it away to people. And now I just can't stock enough of it. We just started marketing again. And it was old Dublin. It was pints of Guinness and a coddle. You don't want to go into a pub, I believe, and have chicken wings in a pint. It just doesn't work. Like, you know, I like chicken wings. I love the sauces and everything. But to me, it's not, it's not bar food. It's not pub food in Ireland, in an 1833 pub. 
some other people, other chefs started getting into making it and it, a lot of chefs started coming to the pub to see it being made and what was so special about my one. Yeah, it just started to snowball from then and now it's just associated with the pub, it's pints and coddle. Kiran whether it was a dish best served fresh or eaten the next day and also what his preferred bread accompaniment would be. It just it just sits together. It's like most stews as well. It infuses. And it also comes back if you think about it, the day after, because if you're making it on the day you can only eat fish, the next day is Saturday, so you're gonna you're gonna definitely enjoy it. The brown bread thing I, I put it on the bread on the table as well. People like soda bread, I prefer a batch with it. Just and as I said, a day old batch, so you can just dip it in break it up into it, thicken it the way you want. But yeah, that's what I'd recommend. It. And how has this all changed his career and the direction of the pub? Well, I was fine then cooking and I came home to a pub in Glasnevin making sandwiches. So it's it's kind of a different a different move in my career, let's say. And it's been very interesting. Like it's brought a huge amount of interest to the pub. It's put, put the pub on the, on the map, not just for really good Guinness or family tradition, which was always was part of the pub. Now it's become a part of the pub, the column. And like if I took it off the menu tomorrow, it'd bloody riot. And now we have to move on to the most talked about element of coddle, the controversies in the style of cooking. Here's Kieran to tell us about the varying forms of coddle to be found around Dublin City. It's outside is the brown and the white, I believe. When the layover show Nancy Bourdain, they interviewed a lady in Moore Street and she did a brown coddle, even though she works in the north side, but she's from the south side. That's traditionally would have been, and it's not so much the brown of the sausages, it was more that they put say gravy mix into it that's the brown coddle white coddle is just traditional just boil it and then the the rings end the irish town one or whatever you call it it's usually like a breakfast one they'll have in the morning usually lighter less potatoes in it might crack an egg into it too for breakfast a lot of people think it's disgusting like if i put a proposed to coddle it's more disgusting than mm, yummy and then you get things like a lady coming into the pub and i asked her what how old she was she's like 84 and after college, said, how was it? She said, it reminded me her of her mother's coddle. So if she could remember her mother's coddle and mine was like that, well, I'm happy. I'll do. So that's, like, it's great. And I've got customers who come, one lad from the post office, he'll come in four times a week for um, his coddle. And uh, we used to have a customer walker passed away just before COVID, and he put brown sauce on his. Uh, so that's another controversial one. Can't call mine coddle. I can't call it Dublin coddle. Mine is Kieran's coddle because... It's so controversial because I don't do this, this, and this. I don't have rashers in it. I don't thicken it with chicken soup. Blah, 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 blah. So, and you get given out to that by your customers too, which is funny. That's not a real coddle. My mum didn't make it like that. Another guy came in. He said, I said, how's your coddle? He said, it's nearly as good as my mother's. And I said, what's the difference? She'd give me more. So every time he comes in, I give him back. <laughs> so it's as good as his mother's now. Now Kieran has mentioned how there's white and brown coddle, and we've even heard of a black coddle from back in the day, which happens when the pot sits in the fireplace under a chimney and soot falls into the broth. We're going to bring you now some additions that we've heard straight from the horses' mouths that might be considered heresy by some. A few years ago, a Dublin publican told us to add a tin of tomatoes into a coddle, a move that he swore changed the nature of the dish and added a lot to it. Not for us. The addition of carrot and parsley mightn't be strictly traditional in the base recipe, but I think they're both easily accessible in Ireland and they both merit inclusion. They don't change things too much. 
Some people have gotten fierce fancy altogether and have gone as far as cracking an egg into their coddle at the end of the cooking process. Now, what does Chef Kieran think of the poached egg coddle method? So I wouldn't say the word poaching would come if you chuck, if you chuck an egg in. I don't think you do a little fancy swirl in your coddle and drop it in. I don't think it would work like that. Another addition that would pique our interest would be to put in barley and oats towards the end of the cook, soaking up the goodness of the broth and making it a far more dense dish, turning it from a soupy stew to a near paella. I'm willing to give that one a go. Another recipe mentioned sitting eggshells on top of the broth and then removing them at a later stage once the value of the eggshells had been sucked into the soup, but that might be getting a bit too Heston Blumenthal on things. Kidneys would be another addition, little flavour bombs dotted here and there, giving more of that lovely texture that you get from the sausies with all the flavour locked in. It's not just additions that are debated, but method as well. Some have been known to brown their meat slightly before adding them in or caramelising the onions before they're chucked in. Here's another friend of ours with fond memories of coddle in his granny's place in inner city Dublin, and his own take on the recipe. So, my family's from Dublin, proper Dublin, coddle Dublin. Hold on, we need a bit of music for this one. That's better. You know, it's like one of my earliest memories is going to my granny's house. She lived in Gardner Street on the top floor of the Georgian buildings. And you'd be walking in there, you'd be walking up the steps, and halfway up you'd get the smell of coddle just bellowing down. And you'd get up there, and Jesus, it was lovely. <laughs> you ate, ate it all up you'd get up there and be like you have the turnover loaf you cut it yourself it wasn't sliced bread you have to slice it yourself load the butter on when you dip it in the butter would be like melt into the soup and then like be fighting with the like the fat from the rashers and the sausages to stay in the top oh, it looked horrible but it was lovely her coddle would be she'd get collar rashers sausages carrots onions and spuds and that was it. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Now, my coddle, though, I've, I make a posh coddle now because I use, uh, I can't, the only sausages I can use are super queen sausages. And she used to use collar rashers, but you can't get collar rashers anymore anywhere. So I just use normal back bacon. Like, what, I, what I'm really partial to now is a green coddle. So <laughs> it's a, the coddle eaters now are going to, the purists are going to be going mental. You do your normal coddle, rashers, sausages, spuds, onions, but then you add in your broccoli, your spinach, and your Brussels sprouts, and it's absolutely delicious. You can't go bleeding wrong. We've been glorifying coddle for a while now, so maybe it's time to hear from a few dissenting voices, of which there are many. Coddle is disgusting. It was my mum's punishment food for us in the winter. Um, No one liked it. It looks disgusting, it tastes disgusting, there's no flavour to it, and the texture is rotten. Even Kieran had an aversion to coddle at first because of an addition his mother made. Because my mum used to make it with uh, loin rashers, really thick loin rashers with hair on it, and sometimes we would nipple the throne into it as well, so I had to put me off coddle. <laughs> Probably the reason I don't put rashers in mine at all. For Kieran, it's a dish tied up with the identity and food culture of Dublin that he is so clearly passionate about. That's one thing myself and my wife we think in common and we got married on Bloomsday and we did it, got married in the city centre. We're very proud of Dublin. I was away from home for 15 years and I always told people to come to Dublin, not because I'm from here. And I, often, I always told them to go to the pub, you know, it's a great pub, whatever, whatever. But it's a great city and it's a really good, a lot, lot of history and tradition and food tradition, believe it or not. Forget that. We do have a really great food tradition. It's not focused on, unfortunately, we don't have a good market space in, in town. More Street's pretty much gone. 
it's just an awful pity the fruit market's gone should be we should have a fish market like the english market down at court like we should, we should have that where you can go and get a bowl of coddle or you can go in and get some tripe see an artisan making sausages or whatever you know that's you know dublin was about that you know dublin is about is about history it's about their culture and who we are like i've chefs from all over the world working with me now and they all make coddle just as good as me and it's part of their dublin tradition and dublin culture little things like that help yeah. you know if you can get if you can get people talking about dublin in a positive way even if it's about boiled sausages it's still a nice thing if you can get people like world famous chefs eating coddle on tv i never thought i'd see and selling so much of it, i never thought i'd see coddle is a dish that reminds people of family and tradition something that through the verbal passing of recipes connects one generation to the next creating an unbroken lineage that keeps alive our oral storytelling and culinary traditions through the work of people like Kieran and the home cooks of Dublin, the dish is alive and well and ready to be passed down to the next generation, without too much alteration. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Publin Podcast. A big thanks to Kieran from the Gravediggers, to Brian, Lee and Neil for their contributions, and to Peter Crisp on Twitter for his assistance in decoding Joyce. If you have any stories about pubs in Dublin, Ireland, or further afield that you think might be of interest to the podcast, you can reach me, John, via publinie at gmail.com. Thanks, and we'll see you again soon. Sláinte. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.